information influences our capabilities, our opportunities, our interests, and our potential. But we are not in control of this information and are influenced by those who control it. The movement is underway to move these controls and influence to the user. What is possible when we are connected and in control? This is the quest. This is the emergence. Welcome to The Emergence, a podcast discussing what is possible when we are connected and in control. Today's episode is going to be talking about exploring the potential of connected communities. So what does that really mean? It's a technology thing, but it's not. It's about utilizing and harnessing technology and systems of thought to be able to help connect us more resonantly within the communities we reside, whether it's a physical, local community or something virtually. And it's this idea of small versus big that I've been exploring. I've, I've tried to put in so many of these ideas um, and breaking them down and um, they all kind of are on the periphery. So I've decided to really come up with a more of a universal approach, then I could break down some of these other ideas in, in future episodes that are more specific about the technology and the implementations. But really when I'm thinking about it, it's the, the, the core of this is how we can start to engage with one another more purposefully within the communities that we engage with. And when I look at what's going on, especially here recently in America, um, with the uh, the election and, and the disputed results, is I just see this enormous amount of noise. And I, I'm not gonna be one to really pin that on, on one side or the other. The noise existed well before Trump, but it's this notion, I'm exploring with this word, um, the cult of information as opposed to the cult of personality. Um, the, the fact that information that's being shared is it's this universal construct it seems that is it's exciting us, it's creating reaction, and it's really the opposite of community. So the fact of, of, of people being excited about going, uh, following a president, whether it's Obama or Trump or anyone previous. It's this, when I talk about cult of information, I'm talking about really the kind of the, the opposite of community. It's following these ideals of what somebody is telling us they're going to do. Um, and it's the sexiness of the information, the rhetoric that surrounds them. And it's this it's, I think we find it in our sports stars, we find it in our movie stars, we find it everywhere we look, what we're reading, what we're listening to. Uh, I'm not saying if it's all like that, but everything just seems to be more built around reaction um, and sensationalism. And it's really not, allow, not allowing us to dig in to the core problems to find core solutions to help society lead a healthier future. 
I mean, really, that's what it's is about. It, it should be about that, a healthier society. There is a cost when we're not healthy mentally and physically. And the way that these silos of information, this centralized control, I keep on going back to that, the centralized way of this method of connecting us, connecting us universally, globally, federally, <clears throat> in, in the way that we engage with information, this control, um, and, and it's fed by algorithms that you know, dictating what we see, when we see it, how we see it, how we might react to it. And when we react to it, take that information, feed it back into the algorithm. So then it can continue to feed us. It continue to excite us. It can continue to create these narratives that not necessarily that any universal or federal or, or global entity is trying to do, but just to be able to keep us excited is enough to keep us invited into this economy to engage and to buy and to share. <clears throat> Not on our terms, but on the terms of something else other than ourselves. That's where I come back to the community side of it is we're not going to fix that. I mean, that, 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 this, this exists, this approach that has been really growing since the early 2000s of how we've been connected, the real-time, two-way, 24-7 connection that we have never really had before. Back in the day, back in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s and the 80s, that communication came from us talking on telephones. Yeah, that's real-time, two-way, but that wasn't globally available. So that, that conversation was private between myself and someone else. Uh, You had newspapers that was feeding us information that was coming from the top to us. You had radio broadcasts, TV broadcasts, you had films. But we didn't have that two-way, real-time, 24-7 connection until more or less the late 90s and the 2000s. And then in 2006, 2007 with social, these silos that were building these utopian visions of of how we could connect just, uh, just really began to erode into just ways and means to be able to control narratives in our politics, in our life, and our relationships. Now, there's beautiful tools out there that are doing wonderful things, but when you look at the over the wholesale way that communication technologies have been harnessed and, and are utilized from Google to YouTube, uh, to Twitter, to Facebook, to LinkedIn, there, uh, it's, it's, really been something that it's it's not the community level this connection it's and, and there's no problem with global i love global i we have a glo- I, I i would probably have a global community i uh i do plan on on traveling to europe in, in 2022 so you know global is not the problem connecting with somebody in indonesia and learning from them is not the problem but when this construct of everything that we are sharing and everything that we are seeing and hearing is uh, accessible to everyone at the same time and then this means of discovery is being fed to us by these algorithms that are not created or, or are chosen from ourselves. I don't choose the algorithm. I don't have a choice of the type of algorithm to be able to feed me information. Uh, so the, the, the community side of this is about moving towards a future where we do as individuals have more control on painting our own pictures of reality. And how that happens is from the community level, from the small outside 
from the from the from the smallest to the outside as opposed to the outside coming in and what how would that happen well there's all these different things and it, and believe me it's not just information that i'm talking about it's it's ways of of uh, conducting business and finding things to do uh, to be able to engage purposefully to create a society that is a more functional, healthier society. I go back to that. The healthy society is, can the right and the left not agree with the fact that a healthier society in general is a good thing? Um, why would that not be? Now, where the weeds, where the problem getting into the weeds on this is uh, how do you affect that? How do you make that happen? Because and if you have too much of a, uh, a, a globalized control, too much of a federalized control over painting that picture for us, then that's where it can lead into problems. Um, and when you live it too much to the individual, you can have anarchy. So you have the complete opposite, which could end up in, in fascist regimes and everything else. So, um, but I, I do see there's a number of tools that I've been talking about on, on previous episodes. There's a number of tools that are arriving. So this episode is going to be more about the fact of how we render these tools at a community level so that we can start to build this reality from the community up and out. And uh, I'd like to really start by kind of unpacking a, uh, a situation where I had met someone um, online through a Facebook group. Uh, uh, a, a group. It, it was called Anarcho uh, Syndicalism. It's a group. And I had posted something when I just launched my blog about what I wanted to do that I was not an anarcho syndicalist, but I can see some things about how they, they look at labor and uh, the importance of labor, being able to have more of a voice in, in, in building these uh, the work environments and systems of, of how labor is used. So I, I thought I would go ahead and post on there and, and declare that uh, I'm interested in what they do. I'm not an anarcho syndicalist, but I can see some of the things what they're talking about would be of interest to the emergence and uh, I happened to cross a lady her name is Amy Myers and uh, she had started to engage with me on on this on this uh, Facebook group and um, I it really struck me with this relationship of communicating with somebody a complete stranger um, just seems like a very very nice nice lady um, and uh, she has brought so many things to the table even on about the emergence that I hadn't necessarily even thought about myself. And that's the most important part about the emergence is it's not about me and my ideas that I bring to the table. It's about who I engage with and I find and, and through my questions bring that out and those answers are brought back into it so other people can learn from it and then move it all forward, move that football forward. And uh, and I've been finding this on all my conversations when I interview uh, with all the people that I've interviewed so far as I you know, I, I'm obviously not approaching this as the most intellectual person in the world, and I don't need to. I don't really, that's not what I'm pretending to be. I'm not an intellectual. I like to ask questions, and I see something in the future of that we can build a better society, a healthier society. And um, and I think the, the, the nuance of this, where it can come from the community, the connected community I'm talking about, is in engaging and finding these people. So Amy Myers, this person that I met, uh, that we've been going back and forth, and she's a, a supporter of the show, and she's been said some really nice things, and she's added some things. And um, I came across this idea of that what she's working on, and she wants to build a co-op worker community um, to where it's it's worker-owned business 
And uh, there, there's things going on that have uh, a worker-owned business is not a new idea. But in the eyes of the, uh, the emergence, I think it's something that's incredibly important of, of really putting the stake, uh, the stakeholder in the seat of, of having a voice and, and being a part of the profit of that endeavor of that, of that company. And, uh, you know, there's, you look at other companies like in Mondragon in, in Spain that have attempted these things. There's, there's good and there's bad, just like any corporation. I mean, just you look at any corporation, you're going to have the good and the bad. So, um, but her approach on this, which really interesting to me, this is the idea about community, is uh, this is one person that I met and on this podcast, one person. And she is interesting and, and interested in building something that's very highly community uh, centered. It's around utilizing labor uh, to be able to create goods or services and reward that labor uh, at a level to where they are truly participants and profiteers to some degree in, in the pursuit of creating goods and services for the communities that surround them. And that is just gold to me, that an individual wants to do this. And and really, it's, it's not technology. I mean, I believe that technology can help her in this pursuit, but it's this, it's this approach about taking um, one idea and fighting for that. And, and again, that is at the very core of the emergence is that she wants to build this company in her community to serve her community, the small. And so is it gonna become something that's gonna be the scale of, a, of an Amazon? I don't know. I don't think that's where she's going. And does it really need to be? With the technology that we have now with real-time automation and, and inventory control and, and, and uh, of sophisticated technologies that we're able to access at a lower uh, price point than we've had in the, pa the past, I think now is the time that we can really explore these ideas of the small can be scalable. The small can be scalable to compete in the marketplace, to be able to provide goods and services. And, and where the stakeholders have a vested interest in it, they're not only just widgets for the control of management and shareholders to, to uh, assign their value, their, their, la their value of their labor. They are truly stakeholders and they're a part of it. So in the future, as we start to see these things arrive and, 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 and uh, become available in our society, I what I want to fight for for the emergence is to find more of these things, more of these instances of people like Amy Myers that are out there that are looking to build these things that want to really shore up her community, that be a part of the community and, and, and the people that in her community are expressing their labor and they're expressing their labor and they're able to be able to find great benefit in that they're not just serving a centralized control of, of their labor. They're a partner in the expression of their labor. So what other things can be out there? What other things that we could do on a community level? What, you know, I'm talking to you individually out there that are listening to this. What skill set do you have that you could create something that is more community engaged side of, uh, focused? Uh, what, what technical skills could you build an application that's decentralized that could really harness the possibility of, of, of engaging a community? Um, of of finding something that would be able to help uh, a homeless 
uh, person be able to have access to resources um, that you could uh, create applications to help somebody that has anxiety that would be able to tie in and discover I mean what what types of things that could be built to not fix all the ills of the world all over the world but to build things to find things to help people that you engage with in your community and again the the community doesn't necessarily have to mean that it's just physically near you but it's this tight-knit group of people that you engage with and and it's i think it's this this idea of exploring the potential of connected communities to me is it's really looking at the at the micro as opposed to the macro of what we can build and what we can render in this in this society uh to be able to to create things that are benefiting us or the stakeholders, but then it also benefits others in this community. And what I have been noticing, uh, and this is the reason I actually uh, launched this podcast, is I really wanted to start to explore these ideas and and find examples of people like Amy Myers and and Tim McLean that I've I've, I've uh, uh, interviewed recently, and Mark Nadal and Javier. Um, Contu, uh, Levis, Contu, um, and some Sebastian Vanderlands um, that I just interviewed. These people that they're in parts of our society, they're working, they have ideas, they're building things, they have theories. Um, who else is out there that we could identify that? to create more of a an, an awareness of what these people are doing and what they can build. And then to find resources for them, to find social impact investors that might be able to help them build these things in their community, to leverage their local governments to be able to then um, uh, help uh, find resources for them to build for the local communities. That's a big thing that I'm, I'm really interested in is to be able to harness local governments down to the city level, the county level, to be able to either provide subsidies or tax breaks for these types of innovative approaches to community building um, or just being able to provide access to resources. There's all these things. Now, would they be built by the government? I don't think they should be because that's what slows innovation, in my opinion. But could they be supported? What's the what's the problem? Because I always hear about the conservatives talking about government's not going to be able to innovate. I don't. I, I to some degree I can see a little bit of that, but government can be a partner in innovation. And uh, you know if we can break some of this bureaucracy, which is part of this whole idea about uh, you know, harnessing community, is that if we're able to then build these technologies these tool sets and these frameworks to be able to speak better to the communities, then what will come from that to my, in my opinion, is that it could then um, wind itself into and find itself into governments that when you're building these better systems from within the systems will build better themselves. And that was the idea on on the uh, cybernetics and that I'm really looking to explore. I really want to continue to drive home on these ideas about, uh, you know, the ant colonies and, and, uh, that uh, came up with the idea from the emergence is, uh, outside of the the control of the queen ant is uh, what can we be doing to build our realities locally and and to be able to then affect that and affect the people in our communities to build these better forms and systems of business and government. 
And that is the key of this, is that the connected communities, are we really connected now? Are we just focused more on the fact of, of the big picture? Are we chasing the big picture? We're chasing these athletes that are the best in the world. We're chasing the politicians that are seen as the most popular in the world. We're chasing these ideas of, of, uh, of, of photos of models and of, of movie stars and, and, uh, and are, are we chasing that? Are we chasing meaning? Is information really trying to give us meaning or that, that is being controlled and wielded from outside of our own core interests? Or should we be start to build these tool sets and, and these communities that we're able to then wield our own interests and, and our own meaning as opposed to chasing someone else's meaning we can build our own meaning and people that we're engaged with. And that's where I come on with a cult of information that I'm seeing this. As I always refer back to the movie, one of my favorite movies is Network back in the 70s where, where the character of Faye Dunaway is works at a news um, division. And she sees the value of, of creating sensationalistic uh capturing sensationalism and using that as a vehicle to drive people to engage with news, to be able to increase the profits for the networks of where she works for. And uh, I always reference that because I, I just think that's such a commentary. And I remember watching that way back when it was actually, I watched that movie for the first time, I think back in the 70s. And um it, it always struck me and I would watch and I would reference that as where society was going into the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s. Like, yeah, that's exactly what they called. They called it. And, uh, you know, it's all reactionary. So the information that we're receiving um, and the realities that are being rendered for us is pivoting us away from the true potential of what we can do and to build ourselves within these communities. Uh, communities filled with art, communities filled with science, communities filled with commerce. There's no problem with making money. The problem is making money at the expense of our own purpose. So when it's at the when 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 money is made for the purpose of only the provider and the user, the consumer and the stakeholder is really kind of seen as just a widget in this exchange to manipulate, that is a core of the problem that we have that I believe we need to change. And how that can be changed is by building better tools that we can create to help build meaning for ourselves as opposed to having other other big tech organizations and other uh, other enterprises create the meaning for us. So this is like Doug, Douglas Engelbart's uh, theory on bootstrapping, which is build tools to build tools to help people um, have better understanding of, of what they can do. So I'm talking about, uh, and, and just saying when I, when I was talking about Amy Myers, uh, you know, it's not necessarily technology, but she wants to build a small uh, co-op group of workers in her community so that she could help find ways and models to create environments for labor to be able to express themselves and to be able to be a part of something, truly a part of something, part of the delivery of the good and the service, not subservient to it, 
but to be a part of it. Now, is that, uh, you know, am I talking about socialism? Am I talking about Marxism? Why does that have to be? When, when I'm talking about that one little idea about the fact of a workers co-op, why, why could that not be seen as something to create a better environment for capitalism, for the free markets to be healthier in this exchange? So is, is capitalism and the free market only for the fact of the, of the provider? Is that what it's built on? Is that what we're, is that what we're doing? Um, is that the purpose of all of this? Is that because the argument is, is that the provider does well and they can then pay for the labor and then we can move forward. And, and it's the trickle down theory, which I used to believe years ago. And I'm, I'm starting to question that a little bit because what's happening when you see this, this trickle down is, uh, you know, the, the people that are doing well are doing well. And maybe they have their little bubbles that everything's doing well. But when you look at the overall glance of society and the health of society, and we can see that right now what's going on in America you know is does this look like a healthy society to you so does this look like we are healthy in in the way that we are approaching how we want to solve problems moving forward is is this this is the antithesis of a community uh of you know exploration of of what we can do and you know, you can argue, and and from the right, they can argue the fact that you know just let businesses, uh, you know, do their thing, laissez-faire, get out of the way, and pick yourself up by your bootstraps. And you know, you know that's that's the thing about the freedom. We want to be able to have our liberty. We want to have our freedom. But here's the thing. So look around you right now, what's going on in the United States of America in 2021. Does this look like health to you? Does this look like a healthy society? So obviously something needs to be fixed and business growing bigger and, and, and uh, scaling only uh, bigger it does why do we think that's going to be the solution why do we think that that's actually going to remove the noise so you can blame big tech and and facebook and twitter and everything else but i think it goes much deeper than that it goes into our bureaucracy it goes into our this notion of how government is ran by the executive administration to where we look to these political leaders that are going to be the ones to uh solve the problems and provide meaning for us and this is why in my uh, uh previous episode talking about direct democracy we we should build tools so that we can engage more directly with the laws that they're that they're that they're creating in our name. We need to be more engaged at the community level. We, you know, we do necessarily have to go down to our council meetings. Why can't we build tools to be able to just bypass that? And if we want to go and engage at the council level, absolutely. But if people don't have the time, allow them to to get in there and and engage with the legislation as it's drafted so they can be a part of it because everything else in the electorate is we're just chasing uh, we're, we're chasing people. We're chasing proxies to some degree. You know, just because a politician tells us that they're going to do something, I mean, they've got their own set of, 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 of problems. And this is another part of this it is, you know, for them to be able to govern in this incredibly noisy landscape with the amount of information. So just think about what a, what a politician has to do when they're, when they're looking at a bill and everybody complains about their, that they're stuffing these bills. So whether it's, it's, it's federal level or county or city or state, you know, 
think about the amount of information that's going in there. This is the cult of information that I that I speak about. Is that the uh, the sheer volume of information and legalese that they have to worry about and the lawsuits and everything else. So these people, you know, we're, they're human. They're only human, and a lot of them are going to actually go for the fact of, of if they can get power, they will take power, okay? That's existed since the beginning of time, so why do we think we're going to actually have some, anything different? So, but my deal is, the way I'm thinking the emergence, is we need to build tools and and processes and, and ideas of engaging, just like it's not just technology, you're talking about the fact of what's going on with the, you know, the worker co-op with Amy Myers, is these ideas of connecting each other at the community level to to engage with the laws and and the things and the goods and the services that are going to impact us that we can provide meaning to build those and and you know this whole thing about chasing what a politician is going to say oh yes we need to vote we vote but it's just like we're are, are we voting for are we voting for policy of people that are going to represent our policy? Are we going to? Are we voting for the people? Are we voting for the sexiness and and what they can and how they deliver a message to us? And and you know I'm talking about Trump, but you know what Obama is that kind of that same and it's not the same as Trump, but it's this this cult of personality that we've been chasing and it's becoming amplified over the last. 40 to 50 years it's becoming more amplified and and obama would probably admit to that that you know are we should we be chasing these people like their gods their politicians our sports stars our movie stars or should we really start to focus on ourselves and focus on the things that we can render for ourselves to provide meaning for ourselves and and let all this other stuff you know if we if we if we can build this from within from the smallest level and and impact that, then I think that over time we can start to affect how these systems operate, the bureaucracy of these systems. But if we continue to try to solve the problem at the federal level, at the system level, I just think we're going to keep on getting. And that's what that's that's where everybody's making the money. That's where the top tier, I mean, Elon Musk is worth $188 billion uh, now, and he's sold $500,000, 500,000 cars in a year. So I, no, I I love Elon Musk. I have no problem with that. But but it's it's the speculation that that a a company of that size, uh, you know, his SpaceX endeavor is a uh, SpaceX endeavor is I think worth seventeen billion of his of his net worth. I believe somebody correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, and and Tesla is everything else. So is this expectation, the speculation of what what uh, Tesla can do? It's the speculative nature of big enterprise, the big deals of what can provide meaning to us and drive us forward as opposed to the small, small little things about uh, exploring the potential of labor, exploring the potential of our relationships with each other, exploring the potential of helping people cope with mental anxiety and mental and, and mental ailments, um, uh, you know, exploring the, the possibilities of what these small businesses can do. This is another part of this. What can our communities do? What what kind of small, can we really get behind the idea of building and engaging small business, small commerce? We have the technology now where these businesses can do this. So I love the idea. And now, especially that we're you know, the remote uh, telecommuting because of COVID might really change the way that we work in our society. Maybe we start to work 
in our communities. We're working from home, and then we go out to our shops, and there's small more mom-and-pop shops, and there's more of them. Our communities are these little pods of engagement of communities. And then art, you know, you're walking down the street, and there's artists, and, and where is that? Why is that? Why is that not the case? Why why can we not build towards a connected community as opposed to this globalized version of of and and federalized version of our our realities? Uh, and again, global is not the problem. I'm talking about globalized, meaning at the large scale, uh, because we could build little communities of 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 people uh, that we could bring in and engage with them virtually into our local communities. What's the problem with that? and 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 uh, really augmenting our local communities with people virtually so here's the ask of the emergence is that if you have a skill if you have an idea like Amy Myers and you want and you feel that you can do something to really build a better reality in the communities that you serve please do it and and if you're looking for resources i can try to find resources i really want to start to engage with uh with uh, social impact investors and and with local governments and and seeing how they're working and and uh opportunities for them to be able to fund these things it's about small and i i think it's about the the tight net groups that we can start to build these better realities and quit focusing in my opinion so much on the big on the icon or, you know on, on the icons on on things that we think people are going to give us meaning you know focus on the policies focus on the small business focus on labor and what we can do to impact them focus on seeing what we can do to help poverty to really bring those people in so that they can help buy more things from our local small business to focus on helping homeless people to get them off the street to get them working in small businesses to help build so we have a healthier society I don't know why that has to be so uh, much of a problem. Uh, and, and that's really the core of the emergence. The core of the emergence is to find you people out there. It's not me. I'm just bringing up these questions. And, and the things that I've been finding, it, this exists all over the place, but there's really not a narrative about it. People are building these things. People are building 3D printing um, solutions to be able to help other people with things that they haven't been able to solve, uh, medical devices, uh, you, you name it. So these things are going on. But the thing that I want to fight for is that this needs to be the uh the, the the rule not the exception we this this absolutely needs to be the rule and then building these things to be able to create more purpose into our communities and and see an explosion and a renaissance of art and 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 science and commerce even commerce when we're really truly engaged with the with the things that we're buying and we're buying it not because somebody some algorithm is is telling us we need to buy it but because some algorithm is personalized for us that we discover something that we never thought to buy before that really will fulfill us or that somebody who created that product we really like and we want to support them that is what I'm talking about that's the emergence that is the communities uh, you know from the smallest level and that I hope to God speaks to the right and the left you know, and, and the independent. This is not an exclusive thing to where I'm talking about this is a mission from the left. I think that's where, where we've got this problem, in my humble opinion, is that we're so focused on, on we need to be right versus what can we build to find solutions 
to problems. And it should be fun. I mean, there, there's a lot of talent out there. And, and I know that, uh, you know, my podcast is growing ever so slowly. So as, as people start to come across this, really dig deep and find out what could you bring? What could you bring to your community? What could you build? What kind of resources would you need? I mean, if anybody has any questions, please email me at pauldupplantis at gmail.com and let me know and I'll try to find resources for you. I, I want to support the Amy Myers of the world. I want to support uh, the Tim McLeans of, of the things that he's working on. I want to be able to, and I want I want investors, social impact investors to find and, and know about these people and what they're doing. So the more stories I can start to acquire uh, on, and, and to share with everyone else, I think that is going to help. I think we'll be able to build. And uh, is it something that's going to happen overnight? No, but I do think it is something that that could actually start. And, and here's the beautiful part about that. It's already started. They're already out there. I'm just talking about creating more of a narrative around it and awareness to be able to help people um, know that they can actually be a part of this, to help build these tool sets, to help communities become more engaged uh, with the people of them that, that, that uh, are behind them, the stakeholders, the stakeholders in government, the stakeholders in business, the stakeholders in communities. That's what we need to focus on, in my opinion. So uh, just a short little rant. And uh, I, you know, I love doing this. I'm working on some new episodes. I've uh, been struggling with it. So I thought I would actually take this at the community level and maybe help me with some additional ideas of some of these other ideas I've been working on. Um, and I'm um, looking forward to interviewing new people coming up. And, and believe me, if you know of anyone that uh, you feel would be good to inter- interview on the emergence, pauldupplantis at gmail.com. I can't tell you how much I appreciate the opportunity to share these ideas and how much I appreciate every listener I've had and and they're listening to the podcast. So thank you very much for listening and I look forward to the next episode.